0: And welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro-wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, and first off, wish everyone here a happy, happy Pride Month. It's the first day of Pride Month, which makes this episode even more special. Because what better way to ring in Pride Month here in 2023 than with episode... 200 of this very show. Uh, (laughs) We've hit another big number, another milestone number here. Uh, It's mind-boggling in some ways that (laughs) we're at this point with 200 episodes of this show through everything that we've uh, gone through here with the production of it, leaving Vox, going independent, launching the Patreon recently. Um, It's been an incredible experience so far and I'm I cannot tell you how honored and and thankful and humbled I am that so many of you listeners and and and, uh and fans have stuck with us and have uh continued to support this show over this extensive period I mean coming up in October we're gonna be four years into the show and I can tell you, whenever I started it back in 2019, you know the hope is always to see how uh, how long you can keep a thing going, right? Um, But I don't think at any point back when this show started that I thought, you know, that 200 episodes was going to be in the mix of things that that could happen and. Yeah, it's just bewildering. It's I I can't wipe the smile off of my face. This is just an amazing accomplishment that couldn't have happened without all of you loyal uh, listeners and supporters for the show. And as a treat for all of that, we have a special guest on for our episode 200. Um it's a returning guest. We have Finally, back on the show, after so many times trying to uh, nail him down, the king of the motherfucking polyam, called MV Young, is back on LGBT in the Ring. It's been three years since we spoke to MV Young here on the show, and a lot, a lot has happened for MB Young in that time span. You know, Wrestlers Lab Championship, Fest Wrestling Championship, Enjoy Wrestling Championship. um, You know, all his work with Rise, the Big Gay Brunch shows, all the Polyam Cult shows, now to the point where he's running his own school, you know, with a, with a collective there in Pittsburgh and doing these weekly Thursday night shows under the 880 Wrestling banner on Twitch and YouTube. And it's just... Um, amazing to see the, the journey that he's been on and to get the chance to sit down with him and catch up on what all has occurred over the, the last three years for him. Uh, yes, yeah, so it was a, a wonderful, wonderful treat to to catch up with Envy, especially since, you know, for a number of years at this point, he's basically just not done podcasts. Um, so we're very honored to be on on the list of places that he wanted to talk to when opening back up uh <laughs> opening himself back up rather to uh, to doing podcasts again and uh what better time than here for episode number 200 so we are going to jump right into that here in just a second but before we do I just want to thank our roster of lovelies over on patreon.com slash lgbtringpod if you want to become a member of the roster of lovelies you can go over and subscribe at the $3 tier and you will be part of this uh, crew that we we highlight here on the show every week and of course if you want you can drop a $5 tier subscription uh, over there and you get access to our monthly bonus shows which the first one of those went up you got a little bit of, of a preview of it last week our uh, first episode of Oops! All Fun Ones with Anton Voorhees of Hood Slam fame, talking all about Zelda, Final Fantasy, and gaming memories, and uh, all this good stuff. Uh, I'm really happy with how that show has come out, and we have another monthly uh, bonus show debuting this month during Pride Month that I'll talk about a little bit more uh, next week on the show. But suffice to say, I'm excited about the projects that we have coming up for all of the people that subscribe over at patreon.com slash LGBT um, And especially, showing all of that fun fun stuff to the roster of lovelies which you know thank you very much to jerry legend val capone and alex e for joining the roster of lovelies and supporting the show over on patreon.com lgbt ring pod with that said let's jump into my conversation with the king of pittsburgh mv young What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. And I am very pleased to have as my guest this week uh, someone who we've been wanting back on the podcast for a long time. And I'm so happy that we were able to make it here on the 200th episode of LGBT in the Ring the king of the motherfucking polyam cult the king of pittsburgh pro wrestling honestly i don't know if that's an actual monitor you have but that's one i'm bestowing upon you right now it's been of... st-
1: it's been bestowed by others so i guess good you know yeah we can use good
0: it. it's it's duly deserved because we have one mv young back on the show today how are you doing mv
1: oh i am great thank you so much for having me i'm no longer on my podcast hiatus so i'm glad i could be here for number 200 for you
0: I am. I'm very happy to hear that you're off your podcast hiatus as well. Completely understandable.
1: Yes, thank, <laughs> you, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you.
0: But I'm glad we we're able to to make this happen because it's been a while. Like I was going back and like looking through like some of like the the archives for the show, and like it's been like over a hundred and like seventy five episodes since the first time that we sat down with you and to Damn. chat, and, and it was like it was crazy, like. I know. It was like, right. I went back and listened to the episode in preparation, and it was just like, it was like right as the Polyam cult stuff was starting.
1: Holy shit. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. That I am uh, quite a different human being these days. I would say
0: so. And as evidenced <laughs> by all the things that you've done in that time, you know, whether it be like the Polyam cult party shows mm-hmm. or, um, you know, the the run with enjoy wrestling now and and being the inaugural champion there and establishing that company in pittsburgh to the work you did at t2t and now with what you're doing with 880 you're like the the t2t affiliate that you have out in pittsburgh like you've been a busy busy man
1: i have been we haven't talked since i've been in enjoy or the enjoy champion is that true yeah holy shit all right yeah I guess we have a lot to catch up on
0: we definitely do we definitely do um why don't we start there with enjoy though i feel like that's a perfect place to to start because like this company has been a breath of fresh air for the pittsburgh for wrestling scene you know not to say that you know the companies that have been running there like iwc and, and rise and, and you know those companies haven't been doing great stuff you know that you've mm-hmm. been a part of at times too but you Enjoy just seems like a completely different approach in a way to, to oh, wrestling sure. in the city.
1: Yeah, they take a spectacle approach. Like it's it doesn't run as often as anyone else. But the city, there's literally bars and people that make it a holiday. You know, they're only running. Well, I guess now that they're getting these shows at uh festivals and stuff because they're such a hot commodity. But before that, it was just, you know, they're only running four t- five times a month. But you see all over the city and people you know, on Twitter, Instagram, whatever they say, happy, enjoy wrestling day, because people literally plan their like little mini vacations around it. Like they have the spectacle thing going and it is just getting bigger and bigger. And I expect now with ED as champion to even be even bigger.
0: Yes. I can, I could definitely see that. And
1: by the way, like
0: that match, like we had ED on after, after that match aired and just kind of going through that that battle, like, was just so interesting and emotional, and and just I don't know, it just felt like it kind of embodied the the spirit of what Enjoy has tried to create.
1: I think so right? too. I think Edie was always the one, and I was always honored to be the the Pittsburgh guy. And you know, I it, it's my hometown, and I loved uh, literally that championship ring meant everything to me. But Edith was always supposed to be champion, and she is she is the face of the company for sure and i i play my role you know and i'm good i'm good at what i do but i think edith as the champion is going to be great for business
0: i i could definitely agree with you on that yeah. talk to me about like how you and enjoy kind of became involved together cuz i know that they popped up like doing like serving like cocktails or something at one of the polyam cult shows if i'm not mistaken yeah.
1: right so pre pandemic, they had had a venue booked in downtown Pittsburgh, I didn't know anything about them, they had just reached out to me. And I don't even know, if, I actually never even clarified with them as if this is true, because I only heard it from Effie. And he texted me, he said me and you downtown Pittsburgh. And then he said the date, I don't remember what the date was supposed to be. I was like, what? He's like, that new company, me and you were the main event. And I was like, hell, yeah. But, like, I never even asked them if that was what was supposed to happen, you know? And then, like, the world shut down, so they never had their official debut. And uh, whatever, fast forward through where I started doing the political parties, and I brought the second version to to Pittsburgh, and they just reached out. They're like, yo, we'll help out any way we can. And, you know, and they did. Like, literally, I think I remember telling you, like, political party two was literally a friend's lot that was bought And we like cleared it out. Like it was like manual labor where we were like cutting through bamboo and weeds. And they were there with me, the, the four owners. And, Mm. you know, they had the bar, the, uh, the old enjoy bar where they were selling koozies and drinks and branding. And I don't think anyone really knew what they were then. I I have suspicion that everyone thinks that I booked for enjoy because their bars were at my show, but they were (laughs) really just big helpers. Um, and so, yeah, you get, uh, I guess, about a year-ish, maybe. Or I can't remember when Canned Heat was, but fast forward after Poly Cult Party 2, and they do the uh, the Canned Heat, and they're taping literally like f- seven minutes from where the school and venue that, that I have now are in Turan and PA. And we do that whole season, and uh, they gave me a little run in that, tor- that opening tournament. And then uh, it was... Do you remember like it was Grim, Moriarty, Willow, you know, yeah. like that. and I think Lee won and they ran the whole thing with Grimm and Lee. And then I was like, cool, this was awesome. This, the production was so amazing, as we all know, and it's gone even better. But then it was like, okay, the next one, we actually have a little bit of a crowd. As you remember, we were all adapting to a vac- post-vaccine life. It was like mm. a 50, 60 person crowd. And then October of that year, they do the priory and it's like 300 people it's like i said it's like amazing The it just gets bigger every single time it's like such an amazing thing to watch and i'm so glad that they asked me to be on board early because it's been like such an amazing fit they they stand for everything i stand for while also like being so pittsburgh branded coded whatever it's just like they are like everything that i love and I'm glad that I got in early. I'm glad that I'm flattered that they wanted me three years ago. And I'm glad that we still have that relationship that we do.
0: Mm. Now you talk about like the the growth there, obviously through like the YouTube presence is definitely a, a way for that. But in the city specifically, like they're growing to the point that they're, like you said, they're running these shows in association with like festivals that are going on locally. Yeah. Or, you know, there was the the show that y'all did with the breweries last yeah. year. That was really cool. Like it feels like, It feels like the Pittsburgh area, like. like We're on fire, baby. We're on fire. You're definitely on fire. But like the pro wrestling scene there, like with 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 Rise and IWC and and the other companies that that have run there, like it felt very much like there was definitely a fan base, but it was like already like catering to like that. Yeah. You know, for lack of a better term, insular wrestling fan base. Right. It feels like enjoy is blown up to embrace so many different aspects of Pittsburgh. (laughs) Like, what do you think that how, what do you attribute to, to that changing? Of well, to people? I, the number
1: one thing is obviously the fact that, you know, our, our world champion is, is, is trans. I'm pansexual. We, you know, we are so inclu- enjoy is so inclusive and they don't give a shit. They don't like make a thing of it. You know, it's not like, they're not like wave. They're not like saying there's no tokenism. It's just like, these are just, a bunch of of wrestler really good wrestlers some of them are queer and they're just beating the shit out of each other and i think that that's something the city of pittsburgh gravitates towards because that is a very specific type of queer person that belongs in pittsburgh and that is the blue collar queer and that's what we all are <laughs> <laughs> and uh i think that you know beyond that you see enjoy wrestling and you think that it's on tell you think it. i mean it, it's television level um I think me and Ziggy have said this all the time. Like people will literally stop us in the streets and, and they say, "Oh, you're so You're MV, you're Ziggy from Enjoy," as if like we were on USA Network. Like, like wow. that's it. and that's the in that in 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 Pittsburgh, that's how big of a deal it is because you know people see this. It looks like it's a show on HBO. It's so high level. It's so the uh, the production is so it's, shout out Scotty Swamba. Sometimes he works for Eight Eighty. He's fucking incredible, Talent, so talented. Um, you know we are i think that people see that if you, if you even see like a clip like you know like harold's haunt the non-binary bar in um Millville they do the watch parties just imagine if you're a patron and you see that you would think and you didn't know what you were watching you would think that you were watching tv wrestling and then you find out oh this is happening five minutes from this bar it's just it's just so they're so good at like creating an event as a spectacle and then presentation and making everything feel like a big deal and making every show feel bigger than the last, you know, you know, the way that me and Edie, uh, passed things off, you know, it was like in my, I don't know. And I, I'm very hard on myself, but pretty damn near perfect. I think in the way that it was like, respectfully, you know, from one person that's been through the queer wrestling gauntlet to the other, like Edith is the face now and I'm still here, but like, you know, like the way that everything just happens so smooth with them, and it's a testament to the four that own it. It's a testament to especially Swemba who does production. It's a testament to the community that Pittsburgh is because that's they just embody what the spirit of Pittsburgh is so well.
0: No, I mean, it comes across definitely in the presentation. Like you, you watch that show, and you would not think you're watching a YouTube show. Right, like you're you're spot on. Like the production quality is amazing, and and it's it's interesting to see like you know. With with like Scotty and and the the owners there, like their connection to Fest Wrestling down in in Gainesville, yeah. and to see like what they built, what was built down there, and to see very 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 similar attitudes. Um, for sure being brought into into the pittsburgh scene as well it's it's really interesting to see we'll we'll talk a little bit about fest coming up because another belt that you held at one point (laughs) during the spin you've missed me after all my belts i know Um, we call you had three or four of them and (laughs) yeah
1: wow what a run
0: it was it was a hell of a run um speaking of runs though let's go back let's talk about that enjoy wrestling championship run though. um obviously you know the enjoy the first enjoy Odyssey happens, you win that match, and no one really knows what the prize is. At least the fans don't know what the prize is. And then you get that uh now I would I would say iconic uh vignette in the in the bank vault. Um, and we see the debut of the championship and we've seen the videos from the from the watch parties and everybody like freaking out over yeah. how the title looks and everything like that. Like, yeah. talk to me about um whenever like those plants were revealed to you. Like when did you find out that that was going to happen, and and what were you feeling in that moment?
1: Uh, well, so I guess I'm going to be, even though I teach all the students kayfabe, 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 I am going to break some rules here and peel back the curtain a little bit. Um, going into that show where I won the suitcase that ended up being the belt, um, that was not supposed to happen. Um. The show where I fought Max the Impaler, I was supposed to win the fest belt off of Effie. Mm. Uh, And... um, uh, Edie got a concussion. Uh, She was supposed to be the champ. uh, The Enjoy champion. And they're like, yo. uh, Edie is out for a bit. We don't know how long. How would you like to do this? And I didn't even know really what to feel because i was like man you y'all are like blowing up and as this is like fresh off the fucking like harlow spot and people saying that i'm a trash bag you know you know how it was uh you know microaggressions of course but you know what it was and i was like oh man like i feel like with the trajectory this company is on that's a lot of pressure i and i was like okay but i can do that and that's when i really started to like in my mind started tightening things up because i was like well because i was still because I, they said they still want uh fest still wanted me to get the belt i was like damn that's three belts so i kind of like really like changed my presentation a little bit after that which it was a really it was a good challenge and i'm glad that i did it overall i think it's helped me grow a lot as a performer but uh yeah the enjoy total reign was not actually supposed to be me and somehow it ended up being 600 days and I can't tell you how grateful I am that it was such a happy accident for me because I love the city so much. And it, and to be the guy that grew with them while that was happening was fucking amazing.
0: No, I mean, it, it really does sound like a happy accident because, like, yes, Edie is amazing. Edie is obviously a, a major factor for Enjoy, the face of the company in that way, yeah. but – in a way with you winning that championship and holding it for as long as you didn't establishing it in the way that you did with the matches that you had, you mm-hmm. know, like the coffin match with Grimm, the the yeah. outright hardcore brawl with Max, the bloody Christmas affair with Billy, the yeah. matches like the match with Effie, like, mm-hmm. you know, it seemed like that run really elevated enjoy in, in a way that, uh, and, and, and honestly, like, you know, it, it was fitting that you had someone that was native to Pittsburgh. That was like yeah. authentic to the area. That was the the first champion to build a company in that way.
1: For sure. I think that, you know, I think that we all agree that uh, under unfortunate circumstances that like, that was still like a cool thing for me to do. And I never need to like, I never even need to sniff that bout again, because I'm so gracious for that run and what we did. And I knew with what the roster was at that time, You know, or and still is, but like Moriarty was still getting regular bookings and, you know, uh, Edie was killing it on the mid card. And I was like, I am not going to come out there after these matches and out wrestle these folks. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the most fucking brutal fucking bruised up matches, bloody bruising, like violent matches I can possibly have. So that no matter what happens earlier in the night, whether it be Darius Lockhart and Lee Moriarty uh or what or, or, you know edith mangling people with her 1000 holds like i knew that i had to stand out somehow and that is why i took that uh in that direction <laughs> so with that being said i'm so glad that i now get to go on earlier in the cards and i don't and i can maybe uh, apply a few wrist locks rather than uh <laughs> taking pay-per-view bumps every single time i
0: i can understand that feeling
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> do you have a favorite match from the from that title run though um i don't well let's
1: see. billy's or one is of my there best a match that
0: stands out to you
1: billy is one of my best friends and that was a surprise it wasn't supposed to happen so that was like probably some of the most fun i've had but i will say that as far as storytelling i don't always think that because enjoy runs every four or five months you don't always get a whole wraparound in the way like we do at 880 or whatever just because we run so much i really like the jd drake match because we used him beating my ass at effie's big gay brunch for stories and you know and we used that after the match like that was the only moment we really had where it was like a a full-blown thing and he still beat my ass but it was like i hung in there till the end and got the pin somehow and i think that like uh even though i was fucking knock silly in that match like that that's probably the most satisfying, I'd say, of of the ones where I won, because the most satisfying match I've ever had in my life probably is with Edie. But uh of uh the, the successful defenses, I really liked using Effie the show from Effie's a year prior as promo stuff because I thought like it really I I'm a story I like stories, you know? I like yeah. Sue me. I love yeah. I love stories. And I thought that the I thought that using that was really fucking cool because obviously like Effie is in the universe of enjoy. So it's not like some random thing. And, you know, at the time when I was on Effie's big gay brunch with JD Drake, that match was super, never people got, it got a lot of buzz and you know, people were real, real stoked about it. And, uh, yeah, he, he beat me that night and it was good. To, I, I thought the wrap round, and then, you know, I wasn't planning for him to put me over on the mic after. So that was like really fucking awesome.
0: Did that, that moment with JD like feel like gratifying in a way or like.
1: For sure. Uh, I think JD's yeah. like one of the best and like always been a huge fan of his work since the evolved days when I found out about him. And like, I'm just like, it was a lot. And, you know, we became really close that night and we still talk and he still will comment on, you know, text me about things happening and his wrestling or my wrestling. And it was like having an old head that's been in the game for a while put over your work like that tell you anytime and then you know we're we're kayfabe and so he says oh you're a tough son of a bitch you you hit puberty whatever it was that he said like <laughs> you know you know what that means as a wrestler even though you can't say oh you're you know your work rate is really good or you're a good like you know you're, you're he's putting you over in character but you know what he really means and it was yeah it's very gratifying
0: yeah i really liked how how that match was built as well like building off of that absolutely brutal match that y'all had down in Tampa um like what okay what was worse in that match was was it JD's like chops and all of the the brutality that you went through or that fucking Tampa Sun
1: oh dude holy shit i could not <laughs> be, also no one no one talks about this cuz they probably don't remember i was on fucking violence and suffering at 4:30 in the morning that's right that's right you were <laughs> and then i had and then i had jd drake at 11 and here's another thing that people don't know about that day is he got there 3 minutes before our match oh jesus we did that whole thing on the fly in tampa so granted uh, which is a great skill to have and if there's one person to do with it, jd's demand but if but having having a little bit of a game plan with him made it all about a year and a half later of me training and having matches and also you know, having a little bit of a game plan going in where he wasn't driving from across from a different, you know, set of shows like that helped a lot. But that Matt, that Matt in Tampa was fucking scorching and I had barely any sleep because I can't sleep after I wrestle. And I re- I went on it like, like I said, like three o'clock. I got home at like four thirty or back to the BNB at like 4.30. Uh, I might have slept for half an hour. And then next thing I know, Sheik and Effie were waking me up and I was on my way to the venue. So a little bit different at Enjoy. But yeah, no, that that mat was like about 150 degrees.
0: It it seemed just absolutely Well, if you look like, back, brutal. I was like
1: spraying myself with water the entire time.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: I had like three bottle waters blend, and I kept pouring myself and the mat because I couldn't stay down during the match because it was so hot
0: hot yeah like it it like I, lo- I love that event but jesus i just outdoors in, in florida sun it uh, just it brings like because i grew up like i grew up in that weather i grew up in that area i know how that goes like you train down there like yep. like just the idea of having an outdoor show in like spring summer in florida
1: oh just, dude you can't even it's so hot you feel it through your boots like you yeah. can't you feel like you feel it through the soles of your boots it's it's different i don't i i'm pretty stoked that like you know i I think everyone got out of that without having heat exhaustion because it was fucking brutal that weekend but yes the ac of mr smalls was very welcome uh a year and a half later
0: (laughs) i can imagine i can imagine for sure um Let's, let's talk a little bit about the Edie match because whenever we had Edie on, you know, we, we talked through a lot of the stuff. And one of the things that that she told me that she was really surprised by was how quickly you were able to kind of like turn the audience in that mm-hmm. match. Like yeah. it just with like one like right hand.
1: <laughs> and, yeah, and you know, up the it, crowd. it definitely hurt me a little bit, uh, but I knew it had to be done like I've known I've known the whole time that like while I was playing the role of the guy I I, I was like the guy at enjoy I knew that Edie was always the one that was supposed to do this and I was like all right if you're really good at your job MV you're gonna be able to be healed tonight and then turn them back uh and uh I tested myself with that and we'll we'll find out in June if I won them back over which I think I did um I was trying to play the role of yes i'm being bad but it's because i can't lose this belt i wasn't being like i'm a despicable person type but i knew that as soon as i punched her in the face that that was going to happen i knew it was going to happen i knew she was going to try to wrestle me just as she always does with everybody and then i was not going to be able to wrestle her back and i was going to punch her in the face and I, I didn't i did not i thought they would be way i did not know that punch was going to be the one that set everyone off i really? thought that, that i thought it, it it I I think 50 50 is maybe not fair it was like 60 40 at the beginning and I honestly I don't think I've watched the very beginning of the match back yet but I don't know if you could see on the, on the tape like it was pretty split at the beginning yeah it was uh, a very long let's go Edie let's go MV or let's go Edith let's go MV and uh chant and then yeah when i pushed her into that corner and threw that right it was over um oh, well, when i when i peeled her mask it was especially over
0: oh jesus yes
1: yeah. <laughs> but i there was no other way to do that match i don't think i don't think that there was going to be a way where i you know you don't you don't it if you you're getting a new baby it's it's a baby baby title switch has to be one of the toughest jobs in wrestling mm-hmm. and like i feel like Doing something where I, you know, try to wrestle Edie's match and we keep it respectful the whole time, probably would have been cheating the crowd for what an Edith versus MV match should be, and I knew that there was going to be an uphill battle, uh, after the fact to win the enjoy crowd back, but I knew it was important, so that's why I, we decided to go that direction, and I'm pretty happy with it i mean i have a little tiny venue it's not mr smalls but a lot of those people are back at my venue and they they're cheering for me so i think that <laughs> i think that uh if anyone uh if if i get cheered against anyone except for edith surreal i'm doing a pretty good job there you go yeah
0: No, I, it makes total sense in, in in that way like you know somebody is gonna have to make that 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 turn that turn at least for the night in that way and and yeah and you committed to it and it makes sense not to have like the the like wrestler versus wrestler sort of aspect to it right like we we know yeah. you we've seen you like we know that you can that like, you can <laughs> wrestle you are yeah. like a bad technician but like based off of like how your title run had gone like it only made sense for the brawler aspect to be
1: more prevalent for- For sure. And I think that, like, again, I'm peeling back the curtain a lot, but I think that it was really important to me that I showed, like, at the beginning that I, if you watch, it was like, oh, I was trying to wrestle with her, but at the end of the day, she's a better wrestler and I need to muscle up and punch her and whatever, throw her to the corner, you know, grab the rope to get out of holds, you know, things like that. Really yeah. make it look like I'm overmatched and I do have to be a little underhanded to do this. And like also trying to sell in my face, like at the same time, like I don't like to be doing this, but I'm doing what I have to do to get this belt mm. to keep this belt.
0: In in your opinion, um, mm. and we touched on this a little bit, but like why why do you believe that Edie is the face of enjoy?
1: I just you just watched the shows as it was going on and you could just tell that like she has a special kind of connection with the audience that others don't. I mean, we all I, I think if I, if I had to just say, like, I believe me, Ziggy and Edith are probably I, I don't I, I hope I I hope I'm not talking too much. I, I'm probably forgetting something. But for people that are always there at all the time, uh, all the time, it always felt like there was like those those are us three were the ones that like had the biggest reactions i want to say for for people that are on every show and uh i feel like after you i think you really felt it at the the first show at the priory where her and ziggy uh killed each other uh that's where i think i first realized well i think that's that that's that was where you felt the rumblings of like yeah he is gonna be the top person here and i uh think that it only grew every show, but I think that us selling out Mr. Smalls with maybe a hundred people waiting in line that couldn't get in for me and Edie. headline match is nothing but just proof of that. Like everyone wanted to watch Edith win that belt. And I, like I said, I knew that. I knew what my job was. And uh, I think that Edith particularly uh, is something is, is a champion that no one could even imagine any other promotion in this city ever having three years ago, right? She mm-hmm. is representation and she is so badass and she can wrestle and have a banger with literally anybody. And she is just made to be a top wrestler, like no doubt. Um, not saying that I think that I can handle that role and I think I did gracefully, but I just think that Edith has a connection with the Enjoy crowd that others. While over, do not have.
0: I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you at all. There, yeah. like it, it's yeah. you. It, you can see it. You just watch
1: yeah. one of the. If one you ever, went ever went to a, and there. yeah, and you you say you, I you have not been doing enjoy show live. No, right? I have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're just getting that. You're getting this through the screen. Like this is if you go to a show, you you understand. Like you know, I I have the whole renegade thing, and and, and people are into it or whatever. But it's a different it's a different atmosphere when this comes out. And I think that she's gonna make the business the in business of enjoy grow exponentially during her run.
0: Mm. I am excited to see what what her run entails. This match with Sue Young is gonna be it, oh yeah, it's gonna be a really like, interesting. Yeah, mix. They're, they're
1: putting her on like the similar like gauntlet that I had. like, oh, your first defense is against an evil person. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She can handle
0: it. It'll be For all sure. right. Yeah, let's talk about Fest real quick because like you okay. you brought it up like you and Effie uh, were scheduled for that supposedly scheduled for that first enjoy show there mm-hmm. and um you you did ultimately defeat him for that title like talk to me about working at, at Fest and going back to Florida because you know you you've trained in Florida you worked indies in decent Florida and then yeah like bolted back up to to the confines of Pittsburgh and New
1: York after that, that time
0: period for, yeah, for, uh, yeah yeah but, for good reason
1: um but uh. That was insane. That was a lot for me, the Fest. I'd never wrestled for Fest. And then all of a sudden I was in the main event with the most over motherfucker that's ever wrestled for them. <laughs> and <laughs> granted, um, I did manage to get some reaction, like like good reactions, but mostly booed. Um, it was a good little little pre, you know, a year and a half prior to me and Edith to what I would be feeling, you know, at that time because they were throwing trash at me when I won. Uh, against Effie Mm. and it was a really really fucking awesome time and I love fest especially fest fest like when the bands are there and stuff and it was really cool we called most of it on the fly and because we've we could work each other in our sleep and it's just like yeah that that crowd is fucking rabid they're hammered drunk and they are just like love Effie and it's a little fun, you know, after doing, you do baby face stuff so much. Like I felt way more authentically heel in that match than I did against Edith. And, but it was like, uh, it was like, uh, like I said, it was a really good look. Li- this, the split match, uh, the split crowd matches are such a good practice or just such a good test for you as a wrestler and like getting your toolbox out. Because I think that it, it, if someone's really over and someone else is really, uh, getting booed that's that's wrestling on training wheels that's easy but whenever you're really working the 50 50 thing it's it's pretty difficult and that was one of my first tests with that and i fucking loved that match i don't even know if it ever got released anywhere but i know that it was a really really good time and uh i was really stoked that effie put me over after the fact and then they ended up cheering me and i had a good little running Gainesville.
0: No, you definitely did, and you know, I, I, I've seen like parts of that match. I don't think I've seen the full match anywhere, but um, I. That's one of those that I, I wish would get posted somewhere for for the world to see. Yeah. Um But, you know, knowing your your history with the Florida scene in that way, and obviously like you weren't the big a brunch at Tampa and all that stuff, yeah. but like knowing knowing that like coming back to a place like Fest that is you know, within that, that Florida independence scene in a way, because it's wrestling, but it's not, it's like, it's, it's completely divergent from anything else that we see in, in the Florida scene. Like, wow. How, how did that kind of impact your thought or, or viewpoint about going back to Florida to wrestle?
1: Well, that's the only company I would go back to Florida to wrestle for. Uh, <laughs> that was my thought. I mean, Tony from fest approached me after the JD Drake match at the gay ranch and literally said, I want you to be my champion. That's literally how that happened. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, which I guess was in Florida, but you know, different, different kind of deal there. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's how that happened. And, uh, I didn't really know if he was being serious or not. And a few months later, you know, I got my flight and stuff and we were doing it and, and, uh, I was really, really fucking nervous about that reaction, and it ended up going really well. Um, like I said, I try to avoid Florida companies like the plague just cause bad experiences early in my career, and I just yeah. But it is uh, it fest is fucking awesome. It always is. I know they're like kind of like toning it back and just like really doing it for like the big music festival now, which I think is cool because that place is rocking, rowdy, and pumped for wrestling when that's happening and uh you know now we got savannah at champ and i'm really grateful for my run and that i got to get a bunch of pictures with three belts around my my body draped <laughs> looking really cool
0: <laughs> all right y'all thank you so much for tuning in to lgbt in the ring We're just gonna take a quick break here to let you know uh ways that you can support the show and say thank you to some very rad people that help make this show uh, as amazing as it is. Um, first off, if you would like to support the show, we are on Patreon now, patreon.com slash lgbtringpod. Multiple tiers there for everyone that feels so moved to support this show. We've got numerous uh Patron benefits over there, uh, including bonus shows that are going to be coming out uh, monthly, uh, round roundtable of those sort of things. So uh, definitely go over and check us out. Uh, again, patreon.com slash lgbtringpod. Every single dollar that is uh, pledged there to support the show is very, very humbling, and we thank you. We also have a, a merch store over on Brainbuster Tees. You go to brainbustertees.com and search LGBT in the ring. Uh we got t-shirts, tank tops, all kinds of good stuff and you know always looking at some new things as well. But uh, definitely check us out on Brainbuster Tees there as well. You can follow the show on social media as well. We're everywhere um, that we have accounts. We're at LGBT ring pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, (laughs) co-host, Mastodon, whatever. We're there. Uh, So follow the show there. You can follow me at WonderboyOTM on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. We also want to give a huge thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme, uh, Formula 666, from the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, or you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp. Another great way to support the show uh, is over at independentwrestling.tv. Check out IWTV. For the best and current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide, you can use our code LGBT RingPod or visit uh, the URL tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT. And uh, whenever you, uh, as long as you use that code to open your account and keep that active, we get a kickback from IWTV. So, your subscription to watch all the great wrestling that we talk about on this show. Uh, goes to support the show as well. Thumbs up there. Of course, if you want to read more of my progressing writing, you can check out outsports.com. And if you are into video games, I also co-host a video game news uh, Twitch stream every Monday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. Um, I co-host that with uh, two dear friends and Twitch streamers, uh, Kite and Lady LadyMeroine um just run through the the week's gaming news or we throw on a game and play and just have fun and be dumb it's it's great but uh, you can check that out every monday 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over at twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment sun like the star with that said let's get back to the show But let's talk about the third belt there. I, I feel like we're just going to run the gamut of the titles let's that go. you held at one point.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it.
0: <laughs> the Wrestler's Lab Championship. Obviously, Wrestler's Lab is, is kind of like like Fest has kind of taken a little bit of a step back, but they do have their anniversary show coming up um, at here at your venue in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, which I believe the last show they did prior to that was also at your venue. Yeah,
1: that's in where Pittsburgh. I dropped the eel. Yeah, I yeah. dropped the eel 12 days after I opened the building.
0: Yeah. So, like this, this reign that you had that began with a literal street fight on the streets of New York City with Mr. Grimm. And it culminates in this match with Eel that, um, honestly feels like the most evil that we've seen Eel be yeah <laughs> at times okay. like talk, talk to me about like that that relationship that you've had that you have with wrestlers lab and, and holding that that title and what it meant to you to drop that to eel because you know eel is somebody who's been very very intrinsically involved with a lot of the stuff that, that you've worked on whether it be you know the pro wrestling vibe stuff or or you know paris is bumping like all these different shows where where y'all have interacted a lot
1: yeah I mean, well, and uh, Lab means a lot to me because they were the first people to put the belt on me, um, way back at. I think I def- yeah I defended at Political Party too. It was a long time, long time that I had that belt, and uh, you know, I remember them asking me for my opinion if I would rather do it, drop the belt in Brooklyn or Pittsburgh, and I was like, well it's going to be close but i should have this venue open by the time by the time uh you guys are want to have this show and we did i remember being real nervous i was going to have that building ready for them <laughs> and i did a lot of manual labor to make sure the building was ready for them <laughs> and i was really glad that it happened i that was yeah that was um that show also meant a lot to me because it showed me how cool 880 is going to be cuz like it was the first show we had there period and like, even though the lights looked like shit because we didn't have like the, st- the stage lighting or anything, and there was no paint on the walls or anything yet, like that like block party vibe of like fifty people inside, thirty people out on the street type like feel of like what our brand is like that is our brand at eight eighty now. Like that was the first hint, that, like gave me so much hope, and like now we're almost like a year, a year ago now, and I'm just like yeah, like that match with Eel, that show that Lab had at my place showed me what eight eighty could be and is now and i'm super grateful that they had the show there and that ended up being like an amazing it was my birthday weekend it was an amazing weekend with my friends an amazing weekend to like open my business and like the whole thing was awesome and it was definitely time for me to drop that belt. and he was incredibly fucking talented so he's the guy for sure i'm um, excited to see what he does with that now that they're starting to run again and like yeah it it was it was it was honestly very very full circle like if you would have told me when i was filming a cinematic street fight with mr grimm in 2020 that i oh yeah hey you're gonna um have a venue in pittsburgh three years later and that's where you're gonna drop this belt i'd be like what the fuck are you talking about so i I don't i don't want to own a venue uh but uh but yeah that's how it ended and i think it was uh couldn't have been better other than if we had lights ready for the stage because i do hate the way the lights look that night but that's okay
0: <laughs> it's it, it you know what little things here and there are always going to stand out to to the people that are the closest to a thing for sure right and
1: it's the only show that ever ended up actually having the house lights on during it so we're okay
0: there you go yeah. there you go and it, it, but honestly like that title reign like from the, the beginning to the end like does feel like this it almost like represents the journey that you've been on you know like even having sure. the match in brooklyn and then yeah. dropping it in pittsburgh like kind of mirrors your own journey from like you know being there in brooklyn and doing so much with you know a valentine and and mm-hmm. you know all the no ring stuff that and and you know the melding of pro wrestling and fashion that y'all did for fashion week and like all these different oh, experimental yeah. things that y'all did there and then ultimately ended up with with you know you training people at t2t and then leaving new york and coming back to pittsburgh and bringing that same spirit with you with 880
1: yeah yeah i think that there was a lot of growth with that belt and i i defended that belt so many times like on any opportunity that anyone would give me to and it meant a lot to me and you know I, I'm not they, they have told me that I helped the company grow a lot and I think that's what a champion should do so I'm really happy that I got to do that you know they saw they're, they're probably the only company that saw like all three what would what I call it forms of MV that existed in that three year period like it was like straight up polyam cult guy um call e. cult king whenever i want it that's that's like pretty much the shtick at that point and then i kind of melded it into the like the you know a little bit of the, like whatever you want to call it the bad boy outlaw thing whatever that i was melding that it evolved into and then like when i had when i wrestled eel it was kind of like okay like i've brought i've brought myself back to a more grounded point. You know, there's still the MV. There's still always going to be the polyam lore or whatever you want to call it. But like, it's like this more grounded version of myself that I found myself in now. That's kind of the guy that, you know, dropped the belt to EEL and what I've kind of been running with more lately. And so they're the only company that really got all of that. And I think that also speaks volumes of them giving me the platform to do that uh, and defend the belt. I mean, I'm the one taping we did, them uh maybe i think it was like summer 2021 i wrestled six times in a day or five mm. times in a day Not, i won't i won't overshoot it five times but still <laughs> you wrestle five times in a day you learn a lot about yourself as a performer and uh, otherwise so it was it, there's reason that you saw growth with that belt and from me as a character
0: speaking of that that taping day where you wrestled five mm. times in one match like what what was the biggest lesson you took away from that for yourself
1: uh, I think that I added more tools that day like you can't just go out there and do the same thing over and over again like you really can't and you know I wrestled Rob from the Ugly Ducklings, Facade, Trevor Aon, uh, uh, I don't even, I can't even remember now. So many people with so many varying stuff. Oh, uh, I started with uh, Iron Man match against Gangone for over 30 minutes. That's how I started my day. <laughs> so what Hell you learn about yourself in that day is a few things uh i think i learned a lot of things that i can do that work really well and maybe a few things that i would never touch again but uh that's and also the fact that somehow i have the endurance to wrestle five times in a day but uh really you know whenever you're put in a live match it's a way, situation i always think that like the best practice training is important, but I always think the best training is in front of a live audience. And that's why I tell, I tell the students at Eight Eighty. 80 I tell them that's why I think Thursday night fights is so important is live reps really matter. And doing it five times in a day, like you got to come out of that better, whether it be learning new things, t- new tricks to kill time in a match, uh, new, new different variations of maneuver, different match structure, whatever it may be like that's that is you and the fact that you just kind of like got to dig deep and get through five matches championship matches period like that is it's just a big big hurdle to get through and it physically and mentally and i i do reminisce about that day thinking like i came out of it a better wrestler
0: no i i can definitely see how that would shape a lot of ideas for yourself coming out of that, just the, the sheer amount of work you had to put into that sort of thing. And, Definitely. and, and you're right. Like, you know, like, I think that's one reason why I like what, what you've been doing with 880 is not, and, and a lot of what you were doing with T2T and what they were running mm-hmm. with IWW, like, you know, it wasn't just that, that, you know, you were, you know, putting your knowledge forward into into new talent in that way, but they were getting opportunities to perform in front of these crowds that um you know really can help build them quicker and and better for sure and I love that approach to it because you don't always get that with it's more prevalent now with with a lot with the number of wrestling schools but you don't really get historically you don't get that a lot like I, I love seeing that like it what y'all are doing with 880. You know, I I hope we get to see more IWW stuff coming mm-hmm. down the pike. But like even stuff like down in Atlanta with WWA four and their streams that they do and like monster. Yeah, Factory that's right. For yeah, wrestling. you've seen it
1: popping up more. Yeah, these weekly shows. I mean, let's be real. I I tell I tell people all the time. It took me three years to have thirty matches. Mm. My August class is about to hit thirty in in less than a year. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that's just. I mean, that was just. You know it's 2012 2013 i mean you were just get throwing yourself at anything you could and scraping up footage and just begging promoters basically to have you and now you know they all have an immense amount of footage to put out which is huge but not only they have footage to put out they have a live crowd reacting to things they're doing weekly at the very least and then the big shows monthly still so Their growth when people put over my training it's not just my training and and my and gannon's training and others training it's the fact it's really just that we created a community where they can do that and like what we're doing with sorg and stuff because the reason that that happens is because sorg uh of sorg media who runs our thursday night fights and our friday streams uh he his business has expanded so much that he's actually training people for our streams too So unless it's a Friday stream, the Thursday streams are all students of his for his B and C crews whenever he gets multiple gigs. So we're all working together like he's training switchers and producers and camera people. And I'm training wrestlers. Uh, We're training wrestlers. So it's just literally what you're seeing is an entire student production every Thursday.
0: That's really cool.
1: Yeah. So that's why, like, we work on that and that's why it works out so well. And then, you know, like we get Sorgs, like whatever his, his like already, whatever you want to call it, professional team for the Friday shows. But Thursdays are, yeah, they're all, they're all people that are looking to get into video work as well.
0: Now, I love that you mentioned, you know, during the Wrestlers Lab reign that like you, you never thought you'd own a venue. You didn't want to own a venue. What, no. what, what pushed you to make that decision and, and have that be something that
1: you wanted to do? Uh, well, I, the first, the first important step was that I really wanted to come home. I was really missing Pittsburgh and I didn't really know what I was going to do because I knew that it was going to affect, I, when I lived in New York, I was flying out for shows every weekend and I knew that I wasn't going to, I knew that at least slowly that would die off in Pittsburgh because it's not as uh, big of an airport and i was like okay i mean honestly i was like taking a good hard look like do i want to pursue wrestling still and i was like i don't think i can be happy without wrestling not right now um so about i I, as i'm moving to pittsburgh i new kensington by the way is like my hometown like it's where i'm from okay and they are doing it's right outside of pittsburgh it's 20 minutes um and there there's this whole like program they're doing for like small businesses uh specifically for marginalized groups of people so i put together my entire pitch told them what i stand for so I'm a sponsor deck from both uncanny and um uh probably cult parties and i they loved it they loved my pit well the some the some people did some people did not i will be a, some people were not very high on it they are now but uh i got accepted uh to do this so basically the program was if you got accepted you get the first six months of rent free oh wow yeah so got in was really stoked about that but there was just like an immense amount of work to do to the building (laughs) and that's basically what like that year of in between i got like I, I had like a real job again and i was like working at a restaurant i hadn't had a real job for a long time so that was humbling in its own way and uh i was like working at this restaurant full-time then working on the venue and things like that and uh there was a time where i actually thought it was gonna flop and it was gonna happen at all and somehow i pushed through we pushed through and uh it just happened and i was fucking scared we had like eight students the first day and then the next week we had like 14 students and i was like oh this is going really good and then like six students were fucking shitheads in a way that they obviously didn't know who i was or like care about you there's a very you know that if you know mb young you know there's a code of conduct no matter what and yeah it was not adhered to uh whether it be past things that were not less than savory or you know not some people posting anti-queer memes obviously like i said did not know who i was i had to kick them out and it's like yeah well now you lost a shit ton of money and we're rebuilding again but i will say the people that were not shitheads that stuck around are now like this crew of wrestlers that you see wrestling every thursday and on the big friday shows and they're fucking awesome and i will be honest money was really 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 tight at first but now like things are like kind of leveling out and it's like going really well and i'm glad that even though i almost quit doing it i stopped even though i almost quit the project while it had not opened yet several times i'm really glad that i stuck through it because it's honestly been in a fucking amazing time it has like really revamped my love for wrestling
0: well i mean it kind of fits the the diy aesthetic that you've kind of built your brand on right like going back to the polyam yeah. cold parties like literally the first show y'all did end up backyard of a house in brooklyn with only two ropes on the ring like
1: you know (laughs) we thought we were advertised three ropes but yes (laughs) yes yes you know card subject to change
0: yeah um -hmm. yeah but like it just it that's i think that's what i get the most out of like like watching those thursday night shows like not not to say like i mean the wrestling is great don't get me wrong but like it's the it's the attitude is the atmosphere that's there and like knowing that history of like what you put together with the polyam cult party shows. Um, It feels like that's like the, the logical evolution of that period of your career in a way.
1: Yeah. I feel like it is too. And it's like, you know, we, we I, I'm sure we've had this discussion before. I don't have aspirations to be on TV full time or anything. I just think that like, to me, community is the most, is the most important thing. I think that uh, community and, like, feeling like people can both – any any walk of life can be a part of something while also, like, giving back. I don't want to say – I feel like giving back is maybe too extreme because, like, I don't feel like I'm maybe there yet. Oh, I'm giving back to, you know, what wrestling did for me because I, I feel like I've always kind of, like, built my own success in wrestling. But I do think that I try to create an avenue for students that is way more – uh, welcoming both for my queer students and like you know just the student the whatever uh, the straight students whatever I, I feel like I just want wrestling not to be easier I want them to like work hard but like I don't want it to be like this carny bullshit that I dealt with which is you know like, scratching like I said it was scratching and clawing for any bit of fucking footage you could ever get in 2012 2013 and just begging for work and I, and I want it to be I'm glad that I created an environment where they get consistent work and consistent footage and they get their footage as soon as the match is over. You know what I mean? Like Sorg has it posted right after it's done and they can put this out to promoters. And now there's, now they are starting to do that. Like a lot, you see a lot of the August class branching out now. And I think that's fucking sick because it took me forever to be able to branch out whenever I was young, whenever I started out, like it was so much work to break out of like this little, you know, working for shitty little companies and bumfuck nowhere type deal because it was always who you know or, or you know, just like it, I had to start over so many times with different companies for one transgression or another. And it was like, I don't want them to have that. I want this to be home. I want this to be a safe space, but I want them to have all this footage. And I know that, you know, even though I, I don't think that I'm a big deal at all, but it's like if I know that a lot of people have been like, "Oh, you're a MV student," like, "Yeah, come out to uh, come work for us," like that's fucking awesome because I never had that.
0: Mm. It's I mean it's it's validating in a lot of ways. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I have to, I have to ask though, like, because like. Was the idea of doing the eight eighty shows like something that was there with you from the beginning of wanting to opening uh, wanting to open a school and, and open a venue in that way? No, because I know it wasn't. you I was about to say because like you've no. been on the record multiple times, like post the polyam cult party stuff and what happened with Woodstock about like yeah. I don't want to book anything ever again.
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't. It, it was an accident. Um, it was us doing I knew that I was going to have shows there and I knew that like, cause like I also like make part of my money from renting and I was like a music venue and stuff. Mm -hmm. So like, and I knew that like, I was going to like be in that life. I don't think that I really, I really think that I jumped into it pretty blindly. Like, I think that like I, in my brain, I was like, okay, this could flop and I'm out in a year. Uh, It has not done that. And it, and it's just like the August class was so dedicated. Like they still do just show up to train so much. And they grew so fast that it became apparent in six months, seven months that I had some wrestlers on my hands and me and Sorg had talked about it. And I was just kind of like logistically and monetarily, like, I don't think I can do this because it just like weekly is so much. And he was like, yo, like, here's the deal. Um, I'm he, He's getting a lot of work with like new Japan and all these other, like he's his, his team that was once local is now like very sought after, but he's based in Pittsburgh. And like I said, he offered me, he's like, give me these Thursday shows and I will use them to train my new cameraman, use to train your wrestlers, and let's see what happens. And now, you know, we just threw together in like a random February. And now it's just like a staple of the product. And it's fucking cool dude like it's just really cool to have like a semblance of a weekly program like i never thought that would happen and (laughs) it was a complete yeah it was a complete accident um i think that we talked like i said i think we talked about in like october ish me and sorg but like we never really knew if it was actually going to happen and i need to see how the class was going to progress etc and now's the thing where like people are hitting me up all the time like yo, what's the deal with those Thursday shows? I'm like, I don't come through. I'll find something for you. <laughs> and then we just have like these kids coming from Philly, Cleveland, Jersey. And then we just get these like cool little matches and experiences for everybody. You know, we have uh, Matt, uh, Matt. I don't even know his last name. True Prince of Pro on Twitter. Shout out like, gifts. All of our stuff immediately makes us look cool. And it's like it's just like a really cool little thing that happened kind of by accident because I didn't know if it was ever going to be sustainable.
0: Hmm. No, it's it's been amazing to see how it how it's grown and and how it has impacted the the people that have trained there or the people from the area that that want to come and work there. And it feels like another place in the Pittsburgh area that's becoming somewhat of a destination in a Definitely. way. Yeah, I also love the fact that you do have like like that main that main street feel to the venue, like you talked about yeah. before, like having Storefront like wrestling p- baby. Yes,
1: <laughs> like, that's what Slumba from Enjoy always calls it storefront wrestling. He's like, no one has this presentation. And I was like, yeah, well, I thought this was gonna be a school, but I tell you what, there's really, really cool vibes whenever there's a street party on Fifth Avenue, and people are just looking in like, what the fuck is going on? And then next thing you see, they're hand- <laughs> next thing you see is they're handing someone ten bucks to come check it out. Like it's fucking awesome, and uh, I really love it. I really love it. I'm having like such a good time with it. Like 880 is such an uh, unexpected thing but like it's the most fun I've had in wrestling maybe ever and it's both rewarding as a wrestler and rewarding as like someone who's trying like I said create community uh, for new wrestlers and try to keep them from being jaded and hating the business and things of that nature like everyone just has a good time it just feels like a big cookout like it's fucking awesome and it was like there's so many people that have helped me obtain that whether it be my partner Brooke or, uh, you know, TR, who books all the music stuff for me and my assistant trainer, Ganon Jones Jr., like, who's also from New Ken, like, we all did this through shit at a wall and just made something really fucking special that people love and it feels fucking awesome.
0: I, I love it. I love the community yeah. aspect of it. That's that's what I value most in, in pro wrestling too. Is like that that sense of community that you have and, and the growing of relationships through it. Like it's really awesome to see that that is coming through so vividly and in, in what y'all are doing down there. Yeah. And um, I have to ask. Like speaking of like that that sense of community in sort of way. Like what? How? How? What's been your um thoughts on seeing uncanny continue now down in austin like i know you were on the the first show back in november yeah like how how cool is it to see that like lynn taking that by the horns and and really going I, all uh, in, in that way
1: i remember i had a show at 880 whenever their last show was and i was just thinking like man how fucking what if you had told me in 2018 when i was like i don't know like two years in the living in new york and like I was just like, uh, yeah, and this when we had that first show at House of Yes with Lynn and, you know, I at the time was the booker. And I was just like thinking, like, what if I told you in five years, you're going to be having this little tiny little show in 880 and Lynn's going to be having Uncanny down in Austin, Texas. <laughs> I'd be <laughs> like, well, like, it's just like life is so crazy. Like, it's just so insane how this how this stuff works out. And I'm really, really stoked that Lynn found it in herself to continue it once she really relocated to austin and like still feels passionate about it like she's clearly just someone who accidentally you know i i've told you this before i was her personal trainer like that's how that's how i met her and like she just fell into wrestling and caught the fucking bug and is still doing it and i think that's awesome (laughs) Um,
0: it it just it just latches on to you
1: yeah it's really fucking cool uh and i'm i think austin is a is a perfect place for it for sure. And I think that she's going to keep, I, I mean, I know she's going to keep doing it because I just got booked for two shows with her and um, <laughs> I am happy that it is still existing and that uh, she has people down there helping her out and that she can keep, keep that spirit alive. And now Edith is a champion of them as well. So yeah, I think that, I think that it's fucking awesome. I'm excited to go down to Austin uh, in fall and revisit, See, see Lynn and be a part of that and not be having to hold a clipboard and have a head uh headset on while doing so <laughs> <laughs> I can
0: I can definitely understand that aspect yeah. it's it's so, yeah. such a different experience in that way but it's it's cool to see like what you're building there in in Pittsburgh and to see like all these different little like tendrils of of, of where MV Young has been and what <laughs> all has my little come branches <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> you're yeah, building a sure. tree
0: you're building a yeah. tree i get
1: like i've never even thought of it like that but i guess i do have a few uh some branches around here that's pretty cool
0: yeah no um last thing for you um before we pop out of here but there, hmm. was, i was ta- i interviewed uh joe dombrowski on this show uh a, a couple months ago and we were talking this is like post the taping of the um yeah of the ed match mm-hmm. and he threw out a comparison for you that really struck me as like of course like th- yeah. it just it just fit he compared you to vader
1: oh yeah he actually told me that in person at sam adonis's wrestlerex show oh uh, he said that i don't know how he said it to you but i remember after i had a match i uh with uh one of the local talent and just I always ask Joe what he thinks because obviously we're sisters but also because he's been a lot of places and he was like he's like I feel like you're doing this like bruiser Brody slash Vader thing that a lot of people aren't doing where like you have this like out this wild this feeling of loss of control and and wildness and physicality to your matches and you don't see that on the Indies right now and I love that because it I think I think that more than being a good wrestler, I think the most important thing is having a a brand and or persona and or style that is uh, unique to you. And I don't know if a lot of people could truly be compared to Vader or Brody modern day. So it was really fucking cool that he told me. I didn't know he said that on your podcast. That that means a lot to me, too. Uh, But yeah, that is that is how I do be beating people up these days. (laughs) it it definitely is
0: it definitely is and i and i'm excited to see it continue in that way wherever you pop up i know you've been like you know we we've we've talked uh, like in the last like couple months about like you know with the setting up the school and everything that takes so much of your time and like you're not really like flying out to a lot of places is that something that you want to get kind of get back to now that the school is a little bit more established
1: i think i do i think i do um like lynn booking me for this upcoming uncanny show made me kind of realize that that weekend i have three different shows in three different cities that are not anywhere close to each other it's going to be all flights and i was like huh i haven't had that feeling for a while and i was like am i ready for this and the feeling and the answer is i think so um i think i don't know i uh we'll see Pittsburgh itself is a rapidly expanding city and the airport is expanding because of it, which means there is more flights, which means flights are cheaper. Um, I'm still 28 years old. I think that I have a lot of time to get back to where I was in 2021 and 2022 with flyouts and stuff. But I also think that 880 is my top priority and I would not take that schedule on if it began to affect that. With that being said, um, I do think that I'm kind of like starting to pace myself to get ready to go on another run like that. At least one more. Uh, It was fun. It was really fun. And it was also really fun being at home for a while and spending time with my primary partner and, and growing something. And I, and something that I hope lasts forever uh, at 880. Um, But do I have the itch? Yeah, I do. I got the itch to get back on the road a little bit. Uh, I, I absolutely do.
0: Yeah, I mean those things come in waves, right? You you take the yeah. you have like the period where you're gone all the time, and then you have the period where you're at home. It totally makes sense in that way, and and it's yeah. it's good to hear that eight eighty is you know still top priority no matter what. Like it, 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 sure. it really, it, it's it's truly like something that that is you don't see a lot in in wrestling now what you're building over there, and and I greatly appreciate w- what you're doing, and I know I know a number of other people do
1: as well. Thank you. I really appreciate that because we're. Oh. It's it's not just me. It's it's a community. It is a community of people putting hard earned work and or hard earned time and 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 elbow grease into something that we never knew if it would actually work or not, and it just happened to. So we're all very proud of it. Yeah,
0: and I will. I will say I've been saying y'all a lot. I should just say what y'all, what yins are doing. Yeah, I was actually saying
1: y'all too because I was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was. I was. I was code switching for you. I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is not a requirement. Okay.
1: Right. So, <laughs> no. MV, thank you so
0: much for for taking the time to come back on. Hopefully, it's not another two years before we have a chance to chat again. Yeah, but, thank you. Hopefully, but,
1: you know, I, if, if if I get another belt, you're gonna be the first person I call.
0: There you go. There you okay. go. We got to. just got to start building the collection back up. We got to get another drip photo.
1: Okay, yes, absolutely.
0: Yes. Uh, well, MV, let everybody know where they can find you online and where they can check out all the cool stuff y'all are doing at 880.
1: All right. Well, I guess you could find me on Twitter at one at MV, but I'll be honest with you. I just tweet about the Pittsburgh Pirates and put little graphics out these days. I'm kind of dead on Twitter. That's okay though. On Instagram at the only MV Young, or you can follow uh, the school at TQT Pittsburgh at T number two T Pittsburgh. And uh, I guess I do some advertising on Facebook now too, even though I hate it. I'm just MV Young. You can add me as a friend on there. It's all business. So uh, yeah, that's where you can find me on the social media.
0: Cool. And what's the the Twitch channel they all are on?
1: Oh, that's right. Let me put over Sorgs. That's is uh, indiewrestling.us. That's both for YouTube uh, where we live stream as well and on Twitch. Us indie, u uh, sorry, indiewrestling.us.
0: Awesome. Yes. Well, MV, thank you again for for coming on the show.
1: Thank you so much.
0: My thanks once again to MB for taking the time to sit down and and chat all about the last three years of his career and the the immense growth that he's seen personally and professionally through all of that. And He really is building a tree of uh, of pro wrestlers uh, that extend beyond him in a way that is really awesome to see, and it continues to show that uh, the new approaches to training and opening up the idea of being able to participate in pro wrestling, regardless of any marginalized or underrepresented identity uh, or population that that you may belong to, um, those barriers are breaking down. The gatekeeping is ending now, and you know more and more we're seeing people with the the ethos like MV that are working to make wrestling. Uh, more diverse and more open to the people that just want to have that experience and want to be able to express themselves in that way. And it's amazing to see, you know, and we're seeing it all over the country. You know, I'm sure I'm going to have a piece up on Outsports at some point, kind of highlighting all of the LGBTQ-led or Pride-themed shows that are happening here during Pride Month. And last year we had a lot. This year we got a lot. (laughs) Like a lot of places are doing it for the first time. And, and it's amazing to see the, the continued um, growth uh, in terms of highlighting our community. I know it's Pride Month, you know, Pride month is the easy time to do it, but we're seeing it beyond just Pride Month now um, whether it be you know the talents that are getting on more shows, more places being being open to, you know doing these sort of community focused shows outside of the specific month of June. Not to mention, Companies that are continuing to be LGBTQ-led are adding LGBTQ leadership to what they're doing, uh, and it, you love to see all of this continue to grow, especially in the face of the, the climate that we see politically and, and culturally right now, um, where you know our identities and our very lives are being politicized and uh, criminalized. In a lot of instances But um, there's one thing that I know Is that our community doesn't stop fighting And our community Doesn't uh, Doesn't go down easily um, We don't go down at all We've always won these fights And this is just another one that we have to um, Continue to battle And don't lose sight Of the the light at the end of all of this Um, Yeah You know, there's a lot of talk about uh, whenever Pride Month ends, uh, Wrath Month begins, right? This year they coincide. Pride Month is Wrath Month. So fucking fight for yourself and fight for the people that are beside you. Because we're all in this together. And I am so happy to be in this with all of you and continue that fight. That's going to do it for us this week. Come back next week. We will have another awesome show uh, and uh, go check out the stuff that we have up on uh, Patreon right now, patreon.com slash LGBT ring You can subscribe at the $5 tier. You get the bonus shows there along with all of the benefits of becoming a member of the roster of lovelies uh, and keep an eye out for uh, more information on this month's bonus show. We're switching things up. We're going to um, do basically what I want to do is like have a a few different shows that we can like do, um, on a kind of rotating basis. And, uh, this year, uh, this year, this month (laughs) is going to be a new show. Uh, and we'll have another episode of Oopsolf on when down the line. Um, and we'll just keep going. We're not stopping. We've done 200 of these. I got 200 more in me. I'm not fucking going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but until we, we speak again, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. Same goes for monkeypox. And um, thank you. Bye. Everybody, we're ready to die. You didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge. You need to deal with the demon so a lover can live. The moon is high And the devil is child It's the formula 666